into the luxurious hotel room was the girl's idea. Something transpired here that caused Pastor Lewis to up and leave, and it was not a crisis of his conscience. The young girl's sobs reach an insufferable level, which means that she does not appreciate being neglected. There is something that is hidden that she wants us to discover, something that has to do with her face. To tell the truth, I did not even look at her face. I can only assume that my astute colleagues have not taken a look at her face either. I kneel down and gently pry the girl's hands from her face. She reveals a developing black eye. I, along with the two deacons, wince at the sight. Beyond the rebellious tattoos and piercings lies a little girl who now has to add abuse victim to her ever-expanding resume. A room that smells like sex and hard liquor, and a distraught girl with a bruise on her body, is not a foreign scene for me. Frankly, I have seen this scene play out many times before, which made it simple for how I would resolve this matter. Who is Pastor Lewis's successor? I ask. Pastor Givens? Deacon Townsend replies after some hesitation. Contact him and congratulate him on becoming the new senior pastor of True Vine Baptist Church, I say. But what about Pastor Lewis? Deacon Chambers asks. He's done. The second he put his hands on this young lady, it became a criminal act. You might as well cut your losses and save your church. Well, with all due respect, Minister Dungey, You were hired to help fix this problem. Why else would we call you? Deacon Townsend asks. I move away from the young girl to make eye contact with Deacon Townsend. At five feet eight, we are virtually the same height. But my stature dwarfs his, and so I feel like I am the bigger man. You hired me because Pastor Lewis was having an affair, and he refused to listen to any one of his elders. You hired me to keep the church from folding from a scandal, and that is exactly what I am going to do. Now, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to Pastor Lewis, I couldn't care less. He better hope that I leave town before I see him, or he's going to have a black eye of his own. It is sheep like Deacon Townsend who make me thankful that I am no longer a minister at a church. While I still have all the papers and certificates that confirm me to be an ordained minister, I do not belong to a particular church. I can't put my faith in people. I can only put my faith in God. Take, for example, this particular situation. Deacon Townsend is more concerned about his loyalty to Pastor Lewis than his loyalty to the gospel. Sweetheart, I'm going to take you to the hospital. Do you have medical insurance? I ask her. The girl shakes her head no. I stand up and make eye contact with Deacon Townsend. Don't worry, I say to the girl without taking my eyes off of Deacon Townsend. The church will take care of your hospital bill. Minister Dungey! Deacon Townsend interjects, but I put up my hand to stop him. I gesture for us to step outside. Deacon Townsend adheres to my request and follows me outside the door.
Minister Dungey, I thought... Not here, I say, and I continue to walk down the hall toward the elevator. The hallway kind of reminds me of the Overlook Hotel from the book The Shining. Just the thought of what happened in that story gives me an eerie feeling. Of course, I always have an unpleasant feeling whenever I am in an antiquated hotel. It doesn't come as a surprise that Deacon Townsend doesn't hesitate to follow me to the elevator. Being a follower seems indicative of his character. We share a moment as we wait for the elevator to arrive and admire our reflections in the elevator doors. We have striking resemblances until the door splits our images open and we enter the elevator. Even in the elevator, Deacon Townsend resists the temptation to say anything. He is loyal to his...